Ladies and gentlemen, it's that money in the bank time of year. And you know what that means? A bit of money in the bank themed elite heat art content there, John. The only wrestling show you need on Monday. So in this week's elite heat, what we're going to be doing, Kevin, is going through every money in the bank winner, well, at least the men's ones, and ranking them accordingly. Now, this ranking is based on a couple of things. It's not just cash-ins. No, no, no. What we're doing is how memorable the money in the bank holder is, how good the cash-in was, what it amounted to, really a sum of those factors. And we tried to be fairly objective with this. Obviously, there's a bit of natural subjectivity, but a list's a list. I mean, it, it's hard to be fully objective. So, Kevin, with that being said, I mean, we've got quite the list here, don't we? Yes, we do. You sent me this list, and I'm looking at it. I'm just like, oh, you know, there's a couple things I may not agree with, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when the time comes. But for the most part, I think this list is... About as accurate from my perspective as it could be. Naturally, there's going to be disagreements. Naturally, there's going to be agreements. You know, anytime you make a list, people get mad. I'm sure all of you are going to watch this and you're going to be like, oh, how could, how could they put this person at number 12? How dare they? Like, like you, you're going to have that reaction, but it's going to be a lot of fun nevertheless. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, yeah, without further ado, I mean, let's just get right into this list. I, kicking us off, so there's been 21 Money in the Bank, like, really winners. And we're ranking the winners. So just for an example, with Otis's one in 2020, we're not counting the Miz's one when Miz took it off him and then Miz gained it back. Like We're just counting the person who won it. If they lost the briefcase to someone else, tough. Deal with it. They're, being on, the, they're on this list regardless. So now, I'll start us off, Kevin. Number 21, Otis. Where do we begin with this one? Uh, well, first thing, this is the first thing that jumps in my mind. When Otis won the briefcase, everybody was like, there's no way he's cashing in on the world champion. He's probably going to cash in and win the tag team belts with Tucker. So that says enough right there. This was a joke. It was a, a, a undercarder. Not even a mid-card. Just a low-card guy winning money in the bank. By far and away, the word, like the guy with the least amount of momentum going into money in the bank to ever win it, in my opinion. Like Usually a money in the bank winner... You look at, like, Jack Swagger in, in 2010, he was being pushed to the moon in 09 and 2010. CM Punk, 08, he was being pushed to the moon. Not Otis. Otis was, like, this random comedy jobber that just happened to win Money in the Bank. Well, yeah, he's, like, he's the only guy on this list who, like, when they won Money in the Bank, you genuinely thought there was no realistic chance they had of winning either of the world titles. So that right there, I mean, puts him at 21. doesn't help the fact as well what happened with his Money in the Bank run. He kind of just held it for a few months, and then he started feuding with Miz, and then they did, like, a people's court or whatever, and then Miz just won it randomly in Hell in a Cell, and then everything happened with the Miz, and just a terrible Money in the Bank run. Like, you can tell Vince McMahon, there was, can you remember the stories, Kevin, of Vince McMahon regretting giving artists money in the bank? Like, honestly. You can see it on the screen. I mean, the dude, he wins money in the bank. He does a couple segments at Mandy Rose's pool in her house. And then we didn't see him on TV for, like, weeks. It was like, wait, Mr. Money in the Bank isn't on pay-per-view. There's no tease of him cashing in. There's nothing. We never saw him. And then, you know, they gave it to Miz and Morrison, and, yeah, it is what it is. Miz went on and won the belt. Uh, but we can't count that because Miz wasn't the original winner. Yep. Facts. So that's that one. Then moving on, our second worst, in our opinion, was Baron Corbin. Um... What even happened with this one? He, he won it, held it for like six weeks, and then just randomly just lost a match. 
Was it? Yeah, he cashed in on Jinder Mahal, and Cena like distracted the ref or distracted Baron, and then Jinder Mahal hit him with the roll up of doom. Yeah, it was um, like That's Corbin t- was looked at as a future star. It was like, okay, maybe this guy could be something. A lot of people liked him. Some people hated him, but it wasn't the hate that people have for him now. Like the go away, he he didn't have that. It was like, oh, maybe they could get something out of this Baron Corbin guy. And then he, in a real-life meeting, he speaks up about CTE in, in support of, like, people that suffer from CTE, and he gets buried for this. So, you know, Vince McMahon is like, all right, you're going to lose to John Cena now at SummerSlam. So he, it just never got off the ground. It's Baron Corbin just coming out there for six weeks being like, I am Mr. Money in the Bank, and you will bow down to me. Really nothing there. Short, forgettable run. He didn't even, like, it just, this is kind of when Money in the Bank became a joke. Around the time that Corbin won it, in my opinion. So, yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the the Money in the Bank winner of the year prior, as we'll talk about later, was, like, pretty good, and it was, like, a cool moment attached to it. This, we got this Baron Corbin win, and, I mean, you talk about it there, like, he came out, said he's Mr. Money in the Bank, and then they had this mess with Cena for the cash-in. It's like, you look at Baron Corbin, at this time, he was... You know, the lone wolf, a.k.a. he was another NXT dark gimmick who fans were loving, so... That led to not much. It led to him being a king a couple of years later. This cash in Kevin was not it. So that's 20. Moving on to 19. This one I have nothing but fond memories of. 19, we've got Damien Sandow. Um, yeah, Damien Sandow, he, he, he flung Cody Rhodes off a ladder, won the SmackDown World Heavyweight title, Money in the Bank briefcase in 2013. And Kevin, we proceeded to get some all-time great segments from this, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time that a Money in the Bank contract holder uh, cashed in unsuccessfully. I believe it was Sandow, so that's one thing. Um, tec- uh, uh, well, Cena technically, but yeah, oh, yeah Sandow was like right. one of the first. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Sandow was one of the first. And you go, you go here, you get the the Stone Cold Cody Rhodes segments because, like, at the time in 2013, people loved Cody. They wanted him to be a main eventer for some reason. And people were really pissed off that Damian Sandow won and pushed down Cody Rhodes. Like, they were like, oh, it should have been Cody's moment. But I remember a lot of people liked Sandow. Like, he was kind of, like, an early anti-Smart favorite. Like, people just liked his promo ability. But I don't remember much about this reign. I just remember that one segment where they redid the whole the segment that Stone, where Stone Cold threw the icy belt into the water. They had Cody fling the Money in the Bank briefcase into a beach. Like, like, he's stone cold. It's like, like, bruh. Yeah, I remember that. Like, Sandow's mid-match, and then Cody comes on the Tron. He's like, oh, Sandow, look what I've got. You got this Money in the Bank briefcase, and he flings it. And then I remember that that blue Money in the Bank briefcase, which was, like, all disheveled and wrecked and, like, sodden from being in the water, and there was, like, leaves coming out of it. What, what is this, dude? What, what is this? Sandow's an easy 19. The cash-in, I... I don't even remember it. Did, did he fail against Cena, was it? I think, I don't know. Uh, I think I it was know. Cena, yeah. I feel like Cena was world champion at this time. If I had to put my money on it, I would say that. Yeah, pretty much. That's 19. Moving on, 18. <sighs> Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. This one, look, I... <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember this one it? pretty vividly. This is when I was watching wrestling regularly. And it, it was like, you know, you had in 2008, 2009, 2010, you had like Edge... Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, CM Punk, Randy Orton. Like, this is the main event scene. Then it's like, oh, we got this goof, Jack Swagger, this amateur wrestler that Jim Ross could not shut up about on commentary. 
the guy had a big lisp and it's like, oh, this is the guy they're going to make world champion. Like, people say that, that when Jack Swagger cashed in and won the big gold belt, that single-handedly killed all the prestige the big gold belt had. So, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about how bad that this this cash-in, or this um this Money in the Bank winner was. Like, and I don't remember anything else from Jack Swagger's reign. It, it was probably just another where he just came out and cut generic heel promos. All I remember from Jack Swagger was that this was during the time period where he had that theme song, where the main hook and the main lyrics was "get down on your knees," do do like, get down on your, like that that that's all I associate with Jack Swagger. He, he was coming out being just oh he's a, an American wrestler. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like okay, like that, that, that's a gimmick which nowadays you'd have people on Twitter being like, oh my god, he deserves better. He should be pushed to the main event. Like that's the kind of gimmick that nowadays we get that right. angle. They gave him the all American gimmick and they gave him the ankle lock. That's the thing. Like Kurt Angle was one of the best sports entertainers of all time. Like he's been involved in hilarious segments. Jack Swagger, like Kurt Angle, is more charisma in his pinky than Jack Swagger has in his, his entire body. Facts. Like it just it never it never worked. This was just I don't I don't even remember the cash in the, the the run he had with the world title. I don't remember that either. Like, it was just dead dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. The next up uh, at seventeen, we got CM Punk's first Money in the Bank win in two thousand eight. What he did with the briefcase, uh, he held it for like three months, and he was still on ECW, so it really wasn't much. I remember when he won, it was like, really? CM Punk won? Like, what? It was kind of, it was a bit of a shock, but it it went into this whole straight edge uh, narrative that Vince was trying to portray, that wrestlers were clean and didn't smoke and didn't drink, so they were like, okay, we'll give this guy the belt, let him run with it, he's straight edge, okay, and then he just has the belt. Oh, he has the briefcase for a while, and then he gets drafted to Raw. That same night, he cashes in on Edge after Batista just demolishes Edge, and Punk is, like, looking terrified that Batista's gonna come after him, and I remember that vividly, and then it's like he he held the belt for, what, like, four months, and then he just lost it. He didn't even lose it in a match. He was doing an interview before, like, a six-pack challenge in Unforgiven 2008, and Randy Orton jumped him during the interview. And he was deemed medically unable to compete, so they stripped him of the belt, and they gave the belt to somebody else the same night. It was like, like they just didn't know what to do with this guy creatively. They had nothing planned for Punk. It was just like, like could you, could you imagine? That? I don't think that's ever been done before, where a guy is doing a pregame interview and they get beat up and they get their injured so bad they lose the belt. It was like, like, like they just stripped him of the title and gave it to someone else like two hours later. Like they, they legitimately gave up on him in a creative meeting. The Vince, oh, oh, what are you? Damn, what are you? And then creative's just like, oh, we don't know. It's, oh, no, take the title off him, damn it. Take the title off him, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so not memorable. The way he loses it, I mean, you talk about it there. Like, that's a joke. Like, the actual cash-in itself is hardly memorable. It's not one of these cash-ins which stands the test of time. Like, it happened. He had, he had a run of the title, which I guess is a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, as we said in previous Elite Heats, like, this is CM Punk in 2008. Yes, he fits that straight-edge, you know, thing the company was going for at the time because of the post-Benoit thing or whatever. But, like, this is CM Punk. And you look at the stacked 08 roster and just Punk doesn't fit in. So, yeah, that's 17. Moving on, 16. Oh, boy. Um, this one I remember vividly. Uh, it was John Cena in 2012. Now, th- this time period... You've got the Raw main event scene 
is is it's seen at AA and John Laronitis. You've got Big Show out there crying every week in the main event scene of Raw. Seen as they're you know standing up for the, the rights of children everywhere in the nation. Oh, and we get Money in the Bank. Cena versus Jericho versus Kane versus Big Show was the advertised Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. Miz comes out there thirty minutes into Money in the Bank. Goes, I'm the A-lister, the money maker. I'm back. And then he enters himself in the Money in the Bank match. This is all, the only thing I remember about this match was Big Show trying to climb a ladder and breaking the bottom rung because he's fat. And then Cena just wins the match in the end. Like Cena wins, Kevin. And then eight days later, he cashes in. Well, he announces his cash in for Raw 1000. Rock interferes, and yeah, lost the cash in. Yeah, Brilliant. I guess we got a pretty memorable moment. I guess that's why this is not a bottom five reign because you yep. got the memorable moment of Punk hitting the GTS on Rock. Pretty iconic moment, I'd say, in Raw history. But other than that, I mean, th- this just fit the narrative of Cena's redemption for WrestleMania 29. It was like, oh my god, we're supposed to feel bad for Cena, the guy that buried people for like seven years prior to this, because he, he lost a cash-in because Phil Brooks turned heel on The Rock. We're supposed to feel horrible for John Cena because of that. Oh, boo-hoo. God. <laughs> Phil Brooks. Jesus. Man's using, man's using the real names out here. Okay, bet. So that's Cena at 16. Moving on. Number 15, Kevin. This one, he didn't even get to the cash-in point because of circumstances I'm sure you'll lay out for us. Fifth day, we got Mr. Kennedy in 2007. Walk us through this one. So if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, somebody will correct me, but I believe Mr. Kennedy's push got cut short because he because Randy Orton didn't think he was safe in the ring. It was like he dropped Randy Orton on his bad shoulder or something like that. That might have happened later. I know that happened. I don't know if it happened at this time frame when he was money in the bank. But I remember this vividly. Again, this is another one I was watching live, hiding my fandom. Mr. Kennedy was, like, pretty cool. Like, like he, yeah, you look at the 07 main event scene. He didn't really fit, but I think he could have had he been given a proper run with the Money in the Bank briefcase. But, yeah, he held it for, like, I don't know, maybe two months, three months after a shock, pretty shocking win in a loaded Money in the Bank match card. I don't remember who was in it. But there was definitely more talented guys than him, and then more well-known stars than him. It was, I don't know, Edge, Jeff Hardy. I think Ric Flair was in that one. Maybe it was just Carlito. Like it was oh, like a big yeah. field. That was the one where Jeff think, Hardy think. almost killed Edge. Yeah, a lot of people thought Jeff Hardy was going to win it, and then yeah, they I give think it to Orton's in that one as well. But yeah, 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 Orton's in it. They give it to Kennedy, and then he just he. I think it was because he he pissed off Orton backstage, and Orton was like, "Yeah, that guy's not safe." So then they made this, the decision to put it back on Edge. So Kennedy's like walking to the ring one day, and Edge just runs from backstage in street clothes, beats him up, and just takes the briefcase. Jeez, that's content. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty unmemorable, but it's definitely not as bad as the other five we just ran through, in my opinion. The yeah. other six we just ran through. Completely. And now I, I, from here, the next like five on the list, four or five. I just kind of filler like filler ones like fourteen. Our next one, Alberto Del Rio, twenty eleven. So Del Rio, they're giving it, they're pushing him to the moon. They're trying to make him the next like Latino star in WWE. And then they have him. He wins the Rumble. They're pushing him to the moon. He wrestles Edge at WrestleMania for the big gold belt. He wins the Raw Money in the Bank match amidst the summer of Punk, where Punk and Cena is the biggest thing. You got Triple H involved. WWE just shoehorn in Del Rio. Yep. Who no one was asking for this. Like, like you, everyone wanted to see Punk. They wanted to see Cena. They wanted to see something cool with that. And Del Rio, like, here's Del Rio, take it. And then Del Rio cashes in, I believe, at Night of Champions, I think. Or, I think, I... 
or SummerSlam, cash in SummerSlam. And then, yeah, they had the match with Night of Champions, the Hell in a Cell match with the arrest angle that we all love, Kevin. Just, yeah, just a, kind of a dead money in the bank cash in, I feel like. Yeah, really not much substance here either way. Like, nothing bad, nothing good. Just Del Rio won the, he won the money in the bank briefcase and he cashed in and that's really it. Like, that was it. He was just, yeah, he just came out. Ricardo Rodriguez did his shtick. And, yeah, nothing much to it. So, I guess we'll go to the next one. 13. Sheamus, 2015. Uh, this created a meme, right? What was it, like, Sheamus 413 or something like that? Sheamus 515, fella. Fella. Like, it was 515. <laughs> they tried to make this a rip-off Austin 316. They made the shirt. I remember the interviews backstage. Sheamus was talking about 515. They're trying to get this over. They're trying so badly. But, but no one really bought into it. You had Reigns... And his, his brotherhood of the Usos and Dean Ambrose against the League of Nations every week for, like, two months. Just, this wasn't... This is such a mid-cash-in. So, it, like, we have it at 13, Kevin, because it was a successful cash-in, and there's something memorable about it, so that makes it better than a bunch of these. But at the same time, was it good? Do you fondly remember it? Do you? Like, no, I mean, yeah, I remember this vividly, because I, I remember at the time, like, just not really liking Roman Reigns all that much. Just kind of knowing that, yeah, he's going to be champion. I was like one of those that was like, oh my god, Sheamus took the belt off of Reigns. I love Sheamus, but I just wasn't really into what Roman was doing. So I was like, oh, maybe they'll do something with Sheamus. I'm like, okay, I'll give this a chance. Sheamus a champion. He hasn't been champion in like four years, whatever. And then he's doing the 515 fella. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, might as well put it back on Reigns. I'd rather hear Reigns tell Jack of the Beanstalk stories than listen to Sheamus say 515 fella every week. And then like Sheamus cashes in. At what Survivor Series or TLC? Survivor Series, yeah. Survivor, Survivor Series, Series, yeah. And then, like, what four weeks later on Raw, Roman wins it back. Just yes, beats, yeah. beats Sheamus for the belt. Like nothing happened. This whole time period for wrestling was bad. Like this is like end of 2015. 2015 was like a like, the, 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 the good bits in it. Cena's open, you know, open title run. You have the WrestleMania 31 stuff. Reigns and Lesnar. Good stuff was there. And you get to like the end of 2015. Rollins, the the great reigning defending champion who hid behind Stephanie McMahon's bingo wings, hid behind J&J all year. Rollins does his knee, and you've got this tournament. Reigns wins it. Sheamus cashes in. You've got Survivor Series closing with Reigns crying. Just ugh, terrible. Well, it was a dead time period for wrestling, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this gave birth to the authority angle that nobody asked for between Triple H, Stephanie, and Roman Reigns. One is all power. But yeah, moving on, moving on. I'm sick of talking about this. Moving on, we've got number 12. Braun Strowman from 2018. I've got a 12. This one, I remember the Monster in the Bank thing. I think Strowman, the way he won Money in the Bank was good. They made Strowman look like a like a monster in the match. Um, he won it. Uh, the cash-in lets it down. Uh, I'm not going to lie and act as though the, the cash-in at Hell in a Cell where he announced three weeks in advance he's wrestling Reigns at Hell in a Cell and then Mick Foley's the ref. And then Brock just comes down, rips the door off, and it's a no contest. That side of things wasn't very good. But, Kevin, the fact that we remember it was Monster in the Bank, we, we just remember it generally. And the Hell in a Cell match wasn't the worst. So, yeah, that's why I got it at 12. Well, well speak you for yourself, because I don't remember a damn thing about, about this about this Funny in the Bank run. I, I could not tell you anything. I could not tell you what you just said about the Hell in the Cell and Brock ripping off the door. I, don't, I didn't even know that that came about because Braun was Money in the Bank. I thought that came about because Shane McMahon was like, oh, we're going to have a good match for these fans at Hell in a Cell, and they just made Braun and Roman. 
But yeah, nevertheless, I don't mean to bury everything you just said, but I, I don't remember a damn thing about this. So n- number 11, Kane, 2010. Pretty good. You know, you could argue for this one to be top 10. Kane was doing like a little bit of a twist in his character. He's a little bit more twisted, more demented. He was cutting a lot more promos around this time. I thought it was good. We got Kane and Undertaker feud again. That's okay. Like now at this point, they're like 41 year old men feuding. It, it was, you know, it didn't hit the same as it did in 1998, but I mean, it's Kane. Kane's a Hall of Famer, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it was just kind of there. Yeah, and I'll I'll carry on that same energy you just had. I don't remember a damn thing from this. I, I, did you catch it on Ray? I think. I think it was Ray. Um, yeah. I think it was Ray? Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember you have just shirtless, bald Kane in 2010. He's like 43. He's wrestling a 45 year old Undertaker <laughs> in like the main event of SmackDown. I just, you know, it was it was fine. It it's a fine 11th. You know, spot on the list. That's Kane. Then number ten. This one, this is your favorite, I'm sure. Number ten, we've got Mike the Miz Mizanin. Yeah. Okay, 2010. Mike the Miz Mizanin, Raw Money in the Bank holder, cashes in on naked Randy Orton. Has the great has the great WWE title run featuring a WrestleMania main event. Alex Riley clapping. Michael Cole in the coal mine with the anonymous Raw GM uh, Kevin. I know you love this. Yeah, I mean, you got Miz cashing in on Penis Orton. So there's that. Two of my least favorite characters, 2010 Miz and 2010 Orton, on the, at, at the same time in the world title scene. Like, that, God, imagine you see him punk and you're walking backstage and you're like, these are the guys that are getting pushed above me. Like, I have to sit here, I have to shave Serena Deeb's head. Meanwhile, the Miz and Randy Orton are having, like, 25-minute boring matches at the top. Like, no wonder why CM Punk didn't want to be in WWE. I don't blame him, bro. But the Miz... I'm not gonna yell. I'm not gonna do all that. But the Miz yeah, is you, money. You've ranted enough on this. You've ranted enough on this. I think there's that many bona fide hate screams about Miz's money in the bank run rants out there. But yeah, I'll just say yeah. this: like objectively, this belongs in the top ten because people remember it. People look back at it fondly. Whether I agree or not is not important. But it's a moment in history that I guess some people like. A lot of people love the Miz now. So yeah, I guess it belongs this high. Yep. Yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of absolute diehard Miz fans out there, apparently. So, yeah, that's number 10. Number 9, this one, we've got CM Punk from 2009. So, yeah, this is the second Punk Money in the Bank cash-in. This one's most remembered for, really, the Jeff Hardy stuff. Um, Jeff, you know, Punk cashed in at the Jeff Hardy Edge ladder match at Extreme Rules, I believe, yeah. in 09. And then, yeah, we got that Punk and Jeff Hardy feud culminating at the SummerSlam TLC match. Really just, just a good Money in the Bank cash-in Um not too, too much really else to say, I feel like, with this one. It was just, it was just good, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, this was far better. Far and away better than Punk's first run as Money in the Bank. And, and I, I should say this, too. We should go back to Punk's 28, 20, 2008 run real quick. Jeff Hardy was originally supposed to win that briefcase. I, I looked it up. Jeff Hardy, was, Jeff Hardy was supposed to win, but he got suspended for PEDs or whatever. So that's why Punk's run was so terrible. But yeah, Punk in 09, they were ready to push him this time around. He had a good feud with Jeff Hardy, good feud with Undertaker. Yeah, it was just all around pretty good. It's good early punk if you guys like going back and watching punk in, early in his career before he became the voice of the voiceless, the best in the world, and all the stuff that we know him as. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that, That's number nine. Then number eight, we've got Daniel Bryan's from 2011, which this one, when I remember this, when I think back on this cash-in, it wasn't a top five cash-in. I think... The Money Bank match he won it in, it was like the Future Stars of SmackDown 1. You had pretty much most of the Nexus guys were in there. I think 
maybe and Kane was in that match. But it was like a good Money in the Bank match he won it in. So that was good. He won it in Chicago to open Money in the Bank. Um, and then the actual run itself, nothing memorable as far as him carrying the briefcase. But then the cash-in, Big Show and Mark Henry finish hitting each other with chairs for five minutes. Daniel Bryan rushes out there, sneaks a pinfall on Big Show. And then that was the cash-in. Um, Kevin, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a serviceable top 10 Money in the Bank run, but it wasn't like, oh my god, incredible. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it helped make Daniel Bryan a star. That was the whole idea of Money in the Bank. Yeah. The Money in the Bank, the, the last three that we just looked at, Miz, Punk, and now Bryan, all three of those guys became bigger stars thanks to their time as Money in the Bank. And that's the whole idea of what this thing is supposed to do. And that's what it did for Bryan. Uh, if it wasn't for this run, who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have gotten the Yes Movement and some of the other, Team Hell No, some of the other good stuff that we got from Brian. Vince believed in him. He believed in this small Ring of Honor guy and had him in there feuding with Big Show and Mark Henry, as silly as it was. And yeah, I mean, the, the way that Brian lost the title kind of hurts him, losing it in whatever it was, 17 seconds after he kissed AJ Lee. Eh, not the best, uh, Not the best end of a title reign, but... Overall, I thought Brian was was solid and serviceable in in his role. Yeah, definitely solid top ten. Then moving on, number seven. You might disagree with this. You might agree. We'll see. But I, I've got number seven, Randy Orton from twenty thirteen. I I think that this one, the the Money in the Bank match he wanted in was really sick. It was the Money in the Bank All Stars match. We had Rob Van Dam make his return, and the crowd erupted. You had Punk in there. You had Brian. This is the match where Paul Heyman slammed the ladder into Punk's head and made him get staples in his head. Like, great, you know, ladder match Orton won it in. The run itself, he held the briefcase for like a month, and then they did the big shocking angle at the end of SummerSlam where Brian wins the title from Cena in the great match. Triple H pedigrees Brian. Orton slowly walks out there and pins him and, in a way, buries Brian. Like, I thought that was good. And they set up the whole authority, yes, movement Brian stuff. So. I think it was worthy of a top 10. It's definitely not like a top like three or anything, but it's worthy of a place in top 10. I hated this cash. I hated that cash in so much. Not not in a sports entertainment hate, not in a good hate. I hated it. It just had such go-away heat with me. I'm like, really? We got Randy Orton after he's having mid-card classics in 2012 with Alberto Del Rio, like PG hardcore matches with Alberto Del Rio and Christian for like a year and a half, two years, barely trying, going through the motions. And he marches down to the ring, and after Triple H's pet- Triple H pedigrees Daniel Bryan, walks around and stares at him for like 17 minutes. Randy Orton goes to the back, he pisses in some, in some girl's bag, he goes to the concession stand, buys a hot, hot dog, gets ketchup and mustard, eats the hot dog. He goes into the crowd, he starts flirting with, with men's girlfriends right in front of them. You know, he buys some girl a beer. Then he comes back around in Gorilla. He shakes Bruce Pritchard's hand, goes smokes a joint with him, and then he walks down the, the, the ramp as long as he possibly can. He walks around Daniel Bryan, stares at Triple H, stares at Bryan, and then he finally pins him one, two, three after doing all that. Uh, uh, I, didn't, I hated the cash-in, but what it did, it, it was a moment in time. It created the Yes Movement, even though I don't think WWE had envisioned that it would create the Yes Movement. I don't think that was their plan at all. But in hindsight, it's a pretty big moment and a big and a good, solid Money in the Bank run, I guess you could say. Even though it was only a month, so I guess you could say it was solid. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It's yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll leave it at that. Then we'll move on to number six. This one, can't wait to talk about this one. Six. I've got Dolph Ziggler's 2012 one. Um, I think Ziggler. This one, people look back on is like it, it's the the cash in moment itself is objectively a top three cash in. But I look at the Money in the Bank run itself. 
It was Ziggler hiding behind Big E and AJ Lee for eight months. It was Ziggler losing every match he had outside of a match at TLC against Cena. It was Ziggler then... Okay, so let's look at what happened after the cash-in. Cash-in moment was awesome, no doubt about that. But what happened after that? Ziggler got kicked in the head by Jack Swagger and concussed. And then he was like crying in a promo on SmackDown. And he vacated the title after like three weeks. <laughs> like, wow. What, what a rain. Wow. Oh, that was so good. Like, it's just... The, the cash-in was great. Everything else wasn't. That's how, I, that's how I view this one. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, this one didn't really make a star. So it's not here for that reason. Because Ziggler never really became a star. But this one is here because the cash-in was so great. Like, that's really why it's so high. It has to be top 10 because of that. But yeah... Moving on, number five, Dean Ambrose in 2016. Uh, this was like a five-hour, two-hour reign. He won it later on, cashed in in the main event. Uh, this is memorable, of course, for all three Shield guys holding the title at the same time. At the same night, sorry. Roman goes in as champion. Rollins comes in in the main event, beats Roman. Ambrose cashes in on Rollins. Boom. The aftermath, though... Ambrose was the, supposed to be the face of SmackDown, and it didn't work. And they ended up going with AJ as the face, like, a month or two later. And then Ambrose is, like, on the pre-show of WrestleMania six months later. So, yeah, maybe not the best aftermath. But the cool moment of all three Shield guys having the, the belt and just the swerve of Ambrose cashing in the same night, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, for those reasons, it's there. And, like, yeah, his run with the title was hardly, like, you know, a, a goat-tier title run, but... He didn't have to vacate the title due to injury after like three weeks, so that's a yeah, that's a plus in Ambrose's favor. I just think that that whole oh, all three Shield guys are champion one night. That's cool. That's a cool way of cashing in. There's something that's memorable about it. It was you know, the crowd was erupting for. It. I think it just cool around. So that's five. Number four. This one probably going to create some conjecture considering who's who it is. But four. I've got Brock Lesnar from 2019, i.e. Boombox Brock. I think the whole thing with this, people were pissed off because. Uh, Mustafa Ali was climbing the ladder and then Brock ran out there and tossed him off like the jobber he is. I think that pisses people off. I think that said, the fact that we got Boombox Brock, we got a good meme out of it, we got some good Twitter gifs out of it, we got all that kind of stuff. That was awesome, that was hilarious, that was entertaining. Brock's cash in itself, he beat up Rollins after Rollins had finished that man's man match at Extreme Rules. Brock won the title, so it was a successful cash in. And he did his best to put over a mid-carder in Seth Rollins. So, I think it's the top five. What do you think? Bro, Brock Lesnar agreeing to get let Seth Rollins curb stomp him in the opening match of WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar's a GOAT just for allowing that to happen. You know, 2014 Brock Lesnar wouldn't even have shown up to WrestleMania if Vince would have pitched that to him. So, God bless Brock Lesnar for doing everything in his power he could to get Seth Rollins over. I just gotta say that. But... Yeah, Boombox Brock. That's all I gotta say. I'll just leave it with that. Boombox Brock. Thank God for that. That was like a, an entertaining side of Brock Lesnar that we really never saw before. It was awesome. I mean, in hindsight, was that the most entertaining thing we got in WWE in 2019? Hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say. I mean, well, there, yeah. well, you know, there was the promo where Vince shoehorned Charlotte Flair into the main event of WrestleMania 35. Like, oof, riveting stuff, you know? Yeah, 2019 was just, oh, such a dead year. That's the best thing for 2019, just a dead year. So, Boombox Brock, it was genuinely entertaining. Seeing Brock Lesnar, one of the greatest, just, like, athletes of all time, one of the most insane physical specimens the world's ever created, 
seeing him coming out there like dancing with a boombox like it's funny dude that's ridiculous so yeah that's number four number three kevin this is straight out of your you know wheelhouse i've got rob van dam rvd walk us through this one rvd belongs in this spot you can fight me out i don't care what anyone says rvd belongs in this spot rvd was a superstar if he had been around in a different era, like, if you take 2006 RVD and just drop him in 2021, RVD is the biggest thing in wrestling, you know? He was great. And, yeah, he, he won the, one of the best Money in the Bank matches. I think that WrestleMania 22 Money in the Bank match might be the best one bell-to-bell they've ever done. And then the way he cashed in was real cool. He just called out Cena and was like, yeah, we're going to do this at one night stand. And then we ended up getting an iconic Cena match. An iconic moment in Cena's career and the go-to, the career-defining moment in RVD's career. RVD had his career made that night at One Night Stand. And it's all because of the Money in the Bank. They did it right. This was back when the Money in the Bank felt unique, felt cool. You didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And I thought it played out so well. That that One Night Stand match, just iconic, man. So much good stuff came from RVD's Money in the Bank um, run. Oh, no doubt. Just awesome. That, that One Night Stand, just everything about that, like... You watch it back and think, my God, these fans are genuinely psychotic. Like, these people, these ECW hardcore, like, it, it was ridiculous. Like, the, the resilience of Cena, just the human being, to put up with that. I mean, it made for an incredible moment, an incredible spectacle. RVD winning the title, awesome. We had that, you know, the infamous, if Cena wins, we riot sign. Like, all that stuff was awesome. The cash-in, I mean, RVD even had that, like, custom briefcase, which, whenever you get a custom briefcase... I think that looks kind of cool. And, I mean, for the one person who's going to comment that Sandow had a custom one in 2013, uh, we put him, like, third last on the list, deal with it. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. So that's not, that's number three, RVD. Then number two, this one's you know, the most recent one. Number two, Seth Rollins. Okay, Seth Rollins, 2014. Really just, this is what the Money in the Bank was meant for, Kevin. You, you, you take a mid-carder. Try and, you know, elevate him up the card using the briefcase. That was an awesome cash-in moment. It led to a good title run. He didn't just hold the briefcase for 10 minutes. He held the briefcase for, like, eight months. He was involved in an integral main event storyline. The cash-in, Kevin, how, how good was the cash-in? Yeah, arguably the greatest cash-in in history. And cash-in in the main event of WrestleMania. It was always speculated for years. Is somebody going to cash-in at WrestleMania? Who's going to be the first guy? And Seth Rollins was the guy. And this was his career-defining night. Here's career-defining moment. And he was like, I think he was the only guy out of all the winners that we named that consistently was a focal point on Raw. Mr. Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins, was the most ex- overexposed thing on Raw from the time he won it to the time he cashed in. He had multiple segments opening the show. He did matches, everything. Seth Rollins, 2014, Mr. Money in the Bank was everywhere. It wasn't one of those runs where like Randy Orton wins it, a month later cashes in. It wasn't anything like that. The only other one that rivals this is the one we're going to talk to talk about next, obviously. And I'd probably say Kane's 2010 run, where he constantly was a focal point of SmackDown while he was Mr. Money in the Bank. And then the cash-in, yeah. you, you, you couple all that together, you could easily make the case for Seth Rollins being the greatest Money in the Bank winner of all time. Yeah, because it, like, it actually led to something. It led to a, God, an eight-month, eight-month? A six-month, I think it was like a six-month title run. It would have been like a, like a nine-month or a year-long title run. Like, it would have been sick. They were going to end up having... God knows what they were end up going to do. Probably going to have Reigns beat Rollins in the main event of Survivor Series, I think, that year. But, yeah, yeah awesome stuff. Just God-tier cash-in. Really good. Seth Rollins definitely owns the top two spot, I feel like. And then, number one, 
it's ironic we have this guy number one, considering in real life they're probably going to have a match at SummerSlam, um, but the top two. So yeah, number one, we've got Edge. Uh, the the, the Rednar uh, Superstar. There, John. This one, he won in the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match, WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. The Money in the Bank field in that ladder match, incredible. Sheldon Benjamin, Kane, Christian, Edge, Jericho, and he who must not be named. Just an awesome field. And then the, the cash-in, Kevin. I mean, everything about Edge winning Money in the Bank was perfect. Yeah, this was a great maiden voyage for the Money in the Bank concept. It was the first time we ever saw it. Edge wins it. Edge immediately becomes a main event star upon winning Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah, he was, you know, Edge and Christian. He did some stuff with Eddie and Kurt Angle in the early 2000s. But he was not really looked at as a main eventer. Then everything changed in 2005. He wins Money in the Bank. He's paired with Lita a few months down the line. You already know. The whole Edge-Matt Hardy feud. Just everything Edge did from point A to point B was significant. And then it looked like they didn't really have a plan for him as like as champion. That's maybe one thing you could point out and look at as a flaw to this run. It was like, eh, what are we going to do with Edge? You know, He's going to hold the briefcase for a year and uh, in, in stipulation... He's supposed he has one year to cash in. So then they just kind of have this moment where he beats Cena. Cena wins it back three, what, three weeks later? But it was still an iconic cash-in. One of the, like, the top three iconic cash-ins in history. Just the bloody Cena, Edge with the spear. Then, of course, we get the live sex celebration between Edge and Lita. The most viewed segment in wrestling history. I mean, what, what more is there to say, man? Edge is an icon. The Rated R Superstar was born... Edge, not they didn't just make a superstar in Edge. They made a Hall of Famer in Edge with Money in the Bank. Yep, facts. I mean, you, you compare this Edge one and everything about it to the Otis one, and it's like, jeez, I mean, look, look, look what's happened. I mean, yeah, from the first one to the most recent one, like, that's ridiculous, dude. Edge, it's ridiculous, com- bro. <laughs> bro. But bro, bro, Otis is a tw- he's a twenty nine year old obese man, bro. Like, what are they doing, bro? This company's dead, bro. <laughs> he got <laughs> Otis. He's having segments with with a supermodel at her pool, bro. <laughs> he's in court with Mike Mizanin, bro. JBL ruled him guilty, bro. You got a forty one year old Mike Mizanin. Feuding with an Oopa Loompa. Oh yeah, so that's um that's every money in the bank winner ranked. Um hopefully you enjoyed the uh the podcast, video, what have you. Um bit of fun, you know, it's it, it's it's a bit of a you know topic that could create some discussion. Maybe people will be outraged that we put Ziggler at six instead of four, like oh, oh. people will be. <laughs> people are gonna be outraged that Ziggler's not top five. I can see it. Yeah, because oh, his, his run was so memorable. He, he cut, in the head he cut great I deserve it promos while standing next to AJ Lee. AJ, literally, how is it then in that whole act with AJ, Big E, and Ziggler, Ziggler was the clear third best out of the group. Like, <laughs> it boggles my mind, but yeah, nonetheless, nonetheless. Every Money Bank winner ranks. Otis is the worst. Edge is the best. Everything in between we've just covered. Kevin, any closing words? Dolph Ziggler can steal the show and your girlfriend, pal. We'll talk to you next week.